welcome to Spational Noonerism Day, which doesn't exactly toll off the rung, but if words seem to be a critical bit lazy today, we can always malai on the registry of numbers, as it is either 72222 or 22722, depending on what side of the Atlantic you are on. This is Communeville Charlotte Minity Engagement, and I'm Ton Shubbs. Now, on to the information. On today's program, Charlottesville City Council holds the first reading on a five-cent tax on plastic bags. A contract has been awarded for a stream bank restoration in McIntyre Park. And Charlottesville City Council defers two land use votes due to a missing member, but approves a plan to convert a single-family house into a mixed-use apartment building. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, three groups are preparing to hold the second annual Soul of Seaville Festival to celebrate black excellence in Central Virginia. Chic and Classy Image Consulting, 101.3 Jams, and the Ix Art Park Foundation will host the event, which will be held on August 12th, August 13th, and August 14th, and will feature live music and performances, a fashion show, a black artisan market featuring local vendors, food from local black-owned restaurants, a pop-up skate event with De La Roll, an art show called There Are Black People in the Future with The Bridge PAI. And on Friday, there will be a screening of the 1989 film Do the Right Thing with an after-party in The Looking Glass hosted by Nine Pillars Hip Hop. For details, visit ixartpark.org slash soulofseville. Thank you to subscribers for allowing these shoutouts to continue. Charlottesville City Council has taken a first step on implementing a five-cent tax on most plastic bags at retail stores and groceries. A first reading was held on Monday, but the public hearing will be held on August 1st. Here's Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook. It's still a work in process at this point, and we're not ready for a final version of it. Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders explained that the General Assembly adopted legislation in 2020 to allow localities to levy the tax. He said there are only four ways the revenue can be used. We can provide reusable bags to SNAP and WIC recipients. We can uh, produce education to reduce environmental waste, uh, work on mitigation of pollution and litter, and work on environmental cleanup. Sanders said some bags are exempt, such as durable plastic ones with handles intended to be used for multiple uses, as well as some that are used at grocery stores for meat and ice cream. The retailer does the work of collecting the uh, tax. They are permitted to retain one cent of every five cents collected to offset their collection and remittance expenses. Uh, It's very much a similar process to how they collect retail sales and use collections. They will send those into the Virginia Department of Taxation each month. If approved, Charlottesville would begin collecting the tax on January 1st, the same day the tax will go into effect in Albemarle County. Sanders said the city has met with county officials to coordinate their efforts in communication. He said the city will need to distribute reusable bags in advance to people who will really need them. That additional five cents, five cents each visit for all the items that they would be acquiring adds up over time. So we want to make sure that we're making an equity investment in the, the rollout of this particular tax. 
One of the details to be worked out is the type of reusable bag that would be used. Linen, canvas, or another kind of plastic? That'll be one of the program details that we'll be definitely looking for additional feedback. City Councilor Brian Pinkston said he looks forward to hearing from the public. To me, this seems pretty um, non-controversial. It seems like a win-win type thing, but maybe I'm missing something. While the public hearing will be held on August 1st, council might not take a vote until August 15th, in case there's some sort of a logistical challenge that's brought up by the public. The city of Charlottesville will hire a North Carolina-based company to restore the stream bank of a waterway that runs through McIntyre Park. KBS Earthworks won the contract through a competitive bidding process. Here's a section from the construction documents that KBS Earthworks will implement. The Shanks Branch Tributary Project consists of a construction of a Priority 2 and Priority 3 stream restoration to stabilize 818 linear feet of existing impaired stream. KBS Earthworks will be paid $762,277.27 for the work. That's according to the notice of the award issued yesterday. Funding for the project comes from the Stormwater Local Assistance Fund administered by the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality. That's SLAF, in case you're an acronym fan. Here's a section from a story map on the project that was published in February. The stream is experiencing active severe erosion of its banks and bed, sending excessive amounts of sediment downstream to waterways listed as impaired by DEQ. As a result, the stream offers poor habitat for aquatic organisms and is largely inaccessible to the public. When completed, the restored stream will run through the botanical garden of the Piedmont. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and since the very beginning of this newsletter, one longtime Patreon supporter has used his shout-out to draw your attention to the work of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign. The campaign is a coalition of grassroots partners, including motivated citizens and volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. Summer is in high gear and pollinators are active. Want to learn more? Visit plantvirginianatives.org to download Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. Thank you to that Patreon supporter for allowing me to keep doing these shoutouts and to keep producing something for you to listen to. One long, big segment makes up most of this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Charlottesville City Council has existed as a five-member body since 1928, when an amendment to the charter added two more councillors. In 1981, voters approved a referendum to expand the number to seven, but council ordered a revote, and the idea was defeated the second time around. This past Monday's council meeting illustrates what can happen when one member is not present. There were three land use items on the agenda, and two of them were deferred, both for slightly different reasons. For background, read a June 30th, 2022 story I wrote that has the title, Charlottesville Council Briefed on City-Owned Property. In the first matter, council opted to wait on a vote to vacate a paper alley in the Fifeville neighborhood. Here's City Attorney Lisa Robertson. 
the owners of 321 6th Street Southwest have asked the city to close this um, 20-foot platted right-of-way. Uh, city Council back in 2010 previously closed um, a different section of the platted street. City Councilor Sina McGill repeated her concerns about doing this without a policy in place that explains to the public what paper streets are and how they can be vacated. Having been a homeowner who has easements, who looked to try to get easements closed around 2010, I was told it couldn't be done. Robertson said each case is different given the age of the plat, size of the property, presence of other easements, and so on. She said McGill was right that the city has taken many approaches. A few years ago, a previous city council determined that um, you should use a scoring rubric to determine whether or not to close um, certain platted alleys. Robertson said the city's new Office of Community Solutions is looking into the topic as part of their efforts. Mayor Lloyd Snook said he shared McGill's concern of a lack of a policy. So did City Councilor Michael Payne, but said he would support this particular vacation. Pinkston asked if there would be a downside to waiting. That's when Mayor Snook brought up the fact that council was down one member. At least one concern uh, for right now is that it, I don't know whether we would be 3-1 or 2-2, two, two, but uh, if Councillor Wade, if Vice Mayor Wade were here, he would presumably be able to break a tie. Council opted to defer a vote to the August 15th meeting. After that, Council took up a special use permit to allow 11 units at 1000 Monticello Road. An existing apartment complex is on the property, and the permit is required for additional density in a new structure that would be built on what is now a driveway. Council denied a similar request last year on a 3-2 to two vote after several speakers had argued that the developer should be punished for a decision to raise rents that many long-term residents could not afford. Since then, a second application was submitted that increased the number of units that would be guaranteed to be rented out below market. Here is city planner Brian Haluska. The planning commission reviewed this at their June meeting and recommended that the application be approved. Haluska said the application did not trigger the city's existing affordability requirements, but seven out of the 11 units would have some income restrictions. According to the resolution in the agenda packet, five of the apartments will be classified as for-rent affordable dwelling units and would be reserved for 10 years to households making less than 65% of the area median income at a total cost of rent plus utilities that cannot exceed the fair market rent as established by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Two of the units would be for-rent workforce affordable dwelling units at rent plus utilities that cannot exceed 125% of the fair market value. To qualify, households at this level must be at 80% of the area median income. Earlier in the meeting, several employees of the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority urged council to vote the project down because they said the affordability terms were not long enough or deep enough. Here's John Sales, executive director of the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. 
the city really needs to take a look at what units are being constructed, not only through the SUP process, but what units you all are incentivizing when you all fund projects as well. Sales said council should follow the recommendations put forth by the Office of Community Solutions to lengthen the affordability term to 30 years rather than the 10 proffered by the developer. In April of 2021, a group that calls itself the Charlottesville Low-Income Housing Coalition published a study called Why Building More Market-Rate Housing Will Not Solve Charlottesville's Housing Crisis. Kelsey Schlein of Shrimp Engineering was on hand to explain what the rents would be for the five affordable units. The the 2022 HUD FMRs um, for a one bedroom is $1,063. The Charlottesville MSA um, median family income is $111,200. The rents for the other two would be at 125% of the fair market rate, which would be under $1,300 a month. Councillor McGill indicated she would vote no. I mean, I don't see how this project has significantly altered from when it came before us. Councillor Michael Payne said he would also repeat his no vote from last year. Just note for the historical record, you know, at this site that the uh, lease terminations and evictions happen and there will be a net loss of affordable housing, even if this is approved or not. Pinkston made a motion to approve the special use permit and Snook seconded. Snook had voted in favor last year. I guess the question is, do we want to wait until uh, Vice Mayor Wade is back to break the tie? I would. At this point, another representative of the applicant requested a deferral. Pinkston withdrew his motion, and the matter will come back on August 15th. Councillor Payne voted against the motion to allow the item to be deferred. In the final matter, Shimp Engineering also sought an increase for a density boost at 923 Harris Street to replace a single-family house with a multi-use building with seven apartments. The land is zoned industrial, and Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook said he was concerned about taking away developable land for businesses. However, there were enough votes to proceed, and council approved it on a three-to-one vote. More from City Council, including a report on who is going to be on the Planning Commission, in the next installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But that's the end of this installment of the program, and I'm going to do this ending quicker than I've ever been before because i got to record something in one minute, so let me see if I can do this really quick. First of all, I apologize for spatial noonerism. That's a joke which hopefully some of you will appreciate. Hopefully you appreciate all of the jokes and fun things I try to do at the beginning of this show each time. I do it to sort of lighten the mood in this very serious world and some of the serious topics that we talk about here on Charlottesville Community Engagement. If you'd like to support this, uh, please do support with a subscription through Substack that will be matched by the company Ting. It is now the time that I have to stop. So thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow with a new installment of the program and goodbye. Stay safe, stay cool, stay classy, Charlottesville.